Hi, this is Frank Muller, and this is Is It Right or Is It Easy? You can connect with us on our website, right-or-easy.com, or these podcasts are available both on Spotify or iTunes. Please subscribe. Today's meditation is about apologetics and argumentation. Um, They're both essentially the same concept. It's just that apologetics is applied to matters of faith and morals. uh, And argumentation is applied to all other intellectual pursuits that we engage in in our lives. In either, we often resort to trying to win the argument. And in that pursuit, we often lose it. Now, I want to be very clear here that it is a far cry from agreeing to disagree, which is essentially two parties agreeing not to pursue the truth together, no matter how hard that may be. They simply go, I've got my comfortable little truth. You have your comfortable little truth, and we're just not going to talk anymore. Um, That's not love, and that's not a relationship, and that is not argumentation or apologetics. That is actually harming and not seeking the good of ourselves or of the other. That is, by definition, both parties agree to lose. That what is moral is simply to agree that in friendship and love, we want to continue to work together to arrive at the truth. And in that process, we both can grow in the virtues, namely of patience, fortitude, perseverance, and cheerfulness. I know it's easier said than done, but generally when one or both parties simply tire and thus choose expediency over the truth, this becomes specifically related to the virtues of patience and fortitude, which demand of us Patience in the process of a lifetime, fortitude in the strength to return again and again, not so much in argumentation, though that is the actual process, but within that process of fact-seeking and challenging and trying to understand more clearly what the other party believes and why they believe it and providing data to that other party that can attempt to help them to understand why and what you believe with regards to a topic. When the two parties agree to persevere in this in love and cheerfulness because they are seeking the good of the other, not so much to win, but to say, I might be wrong. 
and I have learned something new, and now I've been made better. Or the other person goes, I think on that point I might have been wrong or incorrect or half right. It is this growth together that forms a loving relationship. Not only do we try to help the other party understand, but more importantly, we seek persistency persistently to try and understand what is right about their arguments. Most people in their arguments do have pieces of the truth. It is important to recognize and acknowledge that, to understand it and to embrace it and change our own point of view based on those truths. This process of the give and take, the mutual self-reinforcing pursuit of the truth breaks down selfish pride. As we come to both acknowledge and to grow in truth, relationships become powerful because as pride decreases, vulnerability, confession, agonizing, the, the relentless uh, examination of our own conscience in the presence of someone who loves us becomes a tremendous pathway towards growing in the truth. At the heart of this mutual pursuit of truth is simply love. That is love that endures all things in argumentation and in apologetics. Love persists in striving for the good of another and of oneself forever, persistently, kindly, never letting go of trying to ourselves grow towards the truth and growing, helping others to grow towards it as well. Thus, two people who agree to seek the truth, no matter where it lies, and each are willing to repent or to turn away from long-held views or biases if the balance of information demands it, then we must submit to that truth. This for me becomes very personal because one of those things, and there are many of them in my lives, of, of long-held views. I, for the, the vast bulk of my life, uh, held distinctly Protestant and from that Calvinist views of the Christian faith. And by going through this process of re-examining those arguments and their counter-arguments, uh, into researching both sides deeply, um, I became a Catholic. <laughs> That's a whole other podcast, multiple podcasts. But that required tremendous humility and sacrifice and challenges from close friends who uh, did not or even now do not still understand uh, that process and why that occurred. But when you come to know the truth, we must act upon it because the truth demands our obedience. The challenge we as human beings have is that we want everyone to change to our views, yet we refuse to change our own. There's the problem. 
this separates and divides and eventually destroys us from within, them from within, and our families and our societies from within. When one chooses to separate by agreeing to disagree means we are choosing not to seek the goods of the other person or of ourselves. Instead, we favor our own matrix bliss of a comfortable lie for ourselves. We simply ignore and we go on our way. Therefore, there are some principles in apologetics and argumentation that I think could be helpful in guiding our strategies. The first principle I'm going to suggest is before conveying the teaching of the church or a scientific theory or the ABCs for that matter, we seek first to help people understand their own underpinning theology or assumptions, including our own. It is when understanding what we believe and giving word to it and why we believe it and giving word to it that it can begin to expose for everyone where the assumptions are partly true, half true, misconceptions. What are they actually based on? Where is the proof for that? We may be surprised that many people simply, and this is for example, do not know how water gets to their water tap or why the stars move across the, guy, the sky. Uh, many people, most people, adopt beliefs because mama or their preacher or their professor said so, and well, that was the end of it. Our pursuit of truth becomes easy because we simply pay attention to that which we think we know, and thus we never fully understand why we believe that truth. Or even if it is true, we build off this weak foundation of sand and ever-increasing layers of truths built upon shifting sands. As we take the time to learn for ourselves the why and the what behind our own premises and the premises of the why and the what behind those who disagree, therefore, our beliefs are now shaped as we start to guide ourselves towards the truth through the help of them. And they, if they are pursuing the same thing, our premises and our assumptions and our beliefs become nuggets of truth with which it guides them. No one should fear the truth. And if one does, this indicates a desire to not really want the truth, but only our own subjective, comfortable truth. That is, we become our own gods and are desirous only of friends that agree with us or is expedient for us to associate with. Pontius Pilate captures this with his infamous as he's staring at his creator face to face and says, what is truth? Hmm, what a question. In the end, his answer to truth in action 
is simply relativism, pragmatism, and thus situationally rationalized. Any evil can be accommodated once we stop seeking the truth. Imagination is the second and frankly much more interesting strategy. In my experience, I watch and listen to people extol and know intricate details of the Star Wars saga, or the Games of Thrones books and movies and all this stuff. And I've seen children, I mean like seven or eight years old, that know the complete story and backstories of the entire Star Wars saga. Please do not tell me that children or adults cannot learn salvation history or any great work of literature or of science. That wonderful and fascinating story that is salvation history is even more compelling and interesting than Star Wars if we tell it through the use of imagination. People learn by stories because it enlivens the imagination. You see, here's an interesting academic and scientific fact. Reason and imagination are linked faculties in our brains. Wow. Think about who created that. Authors like Shakespeare, Tolkien, and C.S. Lewis easily come to mind as they create worlds where great truths are taught through rollicking adventures and characters. Just perhaps we should consider framing salvation history, or for that matter, any intellectual endeavor, as a story told with the use of imagination and drama. In teaching university students, I found that real-world case studies sharpen their minds and their interest as the technical subject matter becomes wrapped into a story of real human drama. They learn better, they remember more, and they have a greater ability to apply dry academic concepts to now lively and interesting real-world situations. Not only can authors or teachers such as these weave wonderful stories of truth and morality and ethics, but we can also, by using our own stories where we have lived our own exodus, our own return as the prodigal son, our story of our own blindness or deafness to the truth, where we set aside long-held views because of that. Each of those stories told within the context of our Lord's stories, for example, will draw people slowly and over time to the truth. And it creates narratives that seek not to win the argument, but only point to the truth in a way that folks may be able to hear and to recall, linked today uh, are two wonderful pieces on the role of imagination in both apologetics and in argumentation by Holly Ordway. I encourage you to read and watch those links. Yes, they are specifically applied to imagination in the Catholic context with regards to faith. But these teachings apply to 
any area of spiritual and intellectual formation. Apologetics and argumentation in the pursuit of the good of another and of ourselves is at the heart of a loving relationship, husband to wife, daddy to daughter, friend to friend, colleague to colleague, the strength of character to persist even when it's hard, even when the disagreements are large, but never at the expense of the relationship, never by separation, never by leaving, never by quitting, never by agreeing to disagree, agreeing to love one another to the end as we both search for the truth. May peace be with us all.